Thank you for tuning in to Saturday Conversations. My name is Edward Akiyemi, and I'm so grateful you have decided to listen to Saturday Conversations. Every Saturday, I have conversations with different believers of Jesus. We discuss about their faith walk and the wisdom they have gained through this journey called life. Happy Saturday. Today, I'm excited to welcome you to episode 43 of Saturday Conversations. Today's episode, I pray we filled with wisdom and insight in Jesus mighty name. Today I had to bring on a guest that I've known for a couple of months and I love how God is using him to set the captives free. So without further ado, please help me welcome to the conversation, Pastor Paul Conadu. Pastor Paul, how you doing, sir? I am doing well. I'm blessed. How you doing, man? Good. I'm so glad we're able to have this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, man. I'm excited to be here for sure. But before we start, before we get into the good stuff, how about you introduce yourself (laughs) to people who don't know you? What a blessing. So thank you once again, Edward, for uh, bringing me on here. Um, it's a pleasure. It's an honor. Uh, I am Pastor Paul, okay, or Paul Canadu. All right, for those of you who do not know, um, I am a pastor here in Southern Los Angeles. Uh, I have a ministry called Impact Global, all right, um, which has been, uh, was recently launched here. Um, and uh, by the grace of God, it's, you know, making an impact in the lives of so many people. Um, you can also find me on my website at uh, paulcanadu.com. And uh, I've been in ministry for about 10 years, actually, uh, planting churches uh, all over, planted, church, uh, planted a church in Puerto Rico. Uh, I helped uh, plant one as well in uh, Columbus, Ohio, and I've planted uh, uh, a few churches out here in uh, Los Angeles. So God has been good. God has been good. That, that is amazing. Wow. I didn't know, yeah. I didn't know your, your credentials were so much. I feel honored to have you <laughs> on the conversation. Wow. That's it's, fantastic. It's awesome. So, so when's the last time you went to see the church in Puerto Rico? So um, I actually came back from Puerto Rico this summer. No, no, last summer. Sorry, this is 2022. <laughs> so um, June, I actually came back to uh, Los Angeles, California in June of 2021. So, uh, and then we're starting a new church out here this way. So, yeah. Awesome. So have you always felt um, called to pastor a church or is this something that happened um, towards, you know, later on? Yeah, so um, so I got born again at the age of sixteen uh, or fifteen, actually. Um, gave my life to Christ at the age of fifteen, and um, when I gave my life to Christ, you know, the evening when I that evening when I went home, it was as though I had a vision where um, I saw myself walking on a globe, all right, and just going somewhere. It's like I had a uh, scrolls in my hand, um, where I was going to tell people something. I didn't really know what that vision meant, but as I grew up uh, and as I grew in the Lord, I came to find out that it meant, you know, I was being sent out to go and preach, right, the gospel. So um, I started leading youth groups, you know, at the age of 16, 17 years old. At 18, when I went to college, um, I started a uh, campus ministry, started discipling people with grew uh, at Ohio State University. And then uh, from there, you know, I, um, I helped as well establish the church in um, Columbus, Ohio. And then from there, I just, you know, been planting and just doing that. You know, uh, I feel like the apostolic grace is on my life. And I believe that my spiritual fathers also saw that. So they gave me the, the opportunity to be able to help in various, um, you know, uh, various, uh, various things that our church wanted to do as far as planting churches and campus ministries in different places. So that's how I kind of got busy. Uh, doing that and that's how I found myself in it <laughs> uh, that's awesome so I have a yeah. before we get to I have a question um sure how do you remain faithful in the fight 
Because um, churches is not easy, you know, and we're going to talk about a little bit. Over, we're going to talk about overcoming the enemy. But how did you or how do you stay faithful in the fight? That's right. Well, you know, the Bible says in First uh, Corinthians 15, 58, it says that uh, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. Right. Knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So I always tell people that one of the things that you must understand is if if you have your eyes set on eternity, OK, then that pushes you to continue doing what you're doing. That's good. Because when you know that you have, you know, when you have eternity in view and you know that, look, everything that I'm doing, someday I'm going to stand before God and he's going to ask me about these things, you know, and it's going to lead to something. I mean, people's eternity are at stake. You're going to start to realize that, look, I can't, I can't back down. No matter how tough it gets and no matter how tiring it gets sometimes, you're going to keep pushing. That is so good. I'm so good. Like I said before, I'm so glad to have you with, um, for the conversation. Um, let's just get goodness. into the topic. Y'all see the title. Y'all see the top, the, the topic. You know, you already know what we're talking about. I'm so excited. I can't right. even talk. We're talking about overcoming the enemy. So what yeah. I realized, Pastor Paul, is that every single person is in a spiritual battle. But the bad right. thing is majority of the people are naive to the battle. They, they, right. start, they start thinking that, oh, I've always been this way. Or my mm -hmm. mom went through this. My grandma went yeah. through this. So I got to go yeah. through this. But they don't know that they're in a spiritual battle. And the sad thing the is many of those people who don't know, many of them, they call themselves Christians. Mm. Christians don't Come believe on. that there's a battle. They believe Come when on. Jesus said it's finished, that the battle was finished. I think That's when right. Jesus was on the cross, he said it is finished. He said, I did my part. Now it's your turn to do That's your right. part and fight right. the good fight of faith. But I'm here to tell you right now, it's time for us to realize there's a real enemy, Come Satan, on. the accuser of the brethren, ro roaming like a roaring lion, seeking for someone to devour. We need to realize this. Mm -hmm. But also, yeah. we need to realize that our victory was bought 2,000 years ago on a cross on a hill named Calvary. So I'm That's here to right. tell you right now, it is time for us to take back what belongs to us. It's time for us to Man. take back what Adam um, disqualified himself back in Eden. It's time for us to take back dominion. So I'm here to tell you right now, I'm so I'm so excited to have my brother, Pastor Paul on, because we're going to talk That's about right. this ministry, <laughs> the kingdom of darkness. We're going to talk about overcoming the enemy. Ephesians yeah. chapter 6, verse 12 to 13 says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. But look what Paul says in verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, he didn't say if, Pastor Paul, he didn't say if the day of evil comes, he said when. When it comes. Come when it on comes. now. He said when the day of evil comes, when you may be comes. able to stand your ground. After you have done everything to stand, stand. that's right. So our that's goal right. through this conversation is that we will give you practical ways to overcome the enemy in this age. So before yeah. we get into the meat of it, because I know they want to get the meat, let's 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 <laughs> let's work ourselves up. Let's work our, our way up there. All right. So my first question to you, Pastor Paul, is how was your upbringing? So as far as my upbringing is concerned, I am uh, first generation uh, American uh, here uh, because my family is from Ghana, um, West Africa, Ghana. So I was born in Ghana. I uh, grew up there until about maybe my preteens. Uh, then I came to the United States. Um, so I, I've become pretty much Americanized. You know, so I grew up here, picked up the culture here. Um, I, I'm still in tune with, you know, a bit of my culture, obviously the food, you know, the language, you know, obviously, you know, parents would not let that 
uh, out of you, right? <laughs> They'll make sure that you know you know where you come from. So, um, so, uh, but it's been a blessing. I, um, I grew up. Uh, I'll say when I first came, I moved to New York, then to Connecticut, um, and then uh, from there to Columbus, Ohio, and then you know after that uh, here to California, then Puerto Rico, then back to California. So I've kind of um, when somebody always asks me, you know, hey, where's your home or what's your hometown? I tell them, listen, I don't really have a particular hometown because I've moved around all the time. You see what I'm saying? Um, my hometown is in the glory of God. <laughs> you know? um, but yeah, I, um, I gave my life to Christ, as I mentioned, at the age of 15 years old. It was my stepdad who actually led me to Jesus. Um, you know, I grew up in church, but obviously, like many people, I took my own way. I did my own thing, you know, but um, when my stepdad came into my life, you know, him and my mom got married. He knew Christ, you know, and he told me about the person of Jesus. And it all made sense to me at that time. Growing up as a young man, I was, I have a very curious mind. You know, I, I think a lot. I always try to go deeper into things. So that, that was how I got saved, you know, by having that mind that's always asking questions. Why is it this? You know, where are we all going to go after we die? What's going to happen? And, you know, as my stepdad was telling me about those things, it led me to Jesus Christ. And I got saved, you know, crazy upbringing a bit. You know, I grew up in a little bit of the hood, as they say. But, um, you know, <laughs> it is what it is, right? Um, but, yeah. That's pretty much it. It's kind of everywhere, but you know. <laughs> is like you grew up in the hood because God's like you're gonna minister to the hood. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. You know. So yeah, I was I was a bit I was a bit rough growing up, you know. But um, the Lord definitely has a way of refining people. So. <laughs> so was that refining process tough or was it easy? Like, are you a person uh, yeah, like um, to fight against the you know the tide or yes. how did that go? It was definitely tough. Um, I tend to be the type of person who, uh, once he's made up his mind about something, he goes for it. So I, I can be hard-headed at times and a bit stubborn. Um, but, you know, I found myself in a youth group after salvation um, where, you know, I had a youth leader who, um, Pastor Charles, you know, an, a phenomenal spiritual father, uh, such a blessing in my life. He was very tough very tough on me you know sometimes i would come i'll be so angry you know uh, at the youth meetings i would act up even sometimes when he was coming to pick me up you know i would give him a hard time i wouldn't want to go to youth meetings you know but this man you know poured into my life he made sure that you know i i, I developed a solid foundation and the lord took me to different camps and um you know i honor him still to, to this day i still keep in touch with him and uh i thank god for his life yeah, that's so good. Anything you want to add to the upbringing? Yeah, so that, that was pretty much it. And um, I think, um, you know, through him and through the youth group and through the various avenues that my church provided, I was able to um, kind of find my calling, so to speak, and, and, and know who I am in Christ. And then that led me to kind of the various ministry expeditions. And then um, here. That is so good. And something you said stood out to me. You said that your stepfather told you about the person of Jesus. And I wonder right. sometimes if like people who call themselves Christians, do they even know the person of Jesus? I'm telling you, man, that's you're right. You're right. That's that's the biggest problem in today's Christianity. Right. People know about him, but they don't really know him. And that was my case. I grew up in the church. I knew about God. I knew there was a God. I knew that. Look, in fact, the fear of the Lord is what kept me from going very far into the world. You see what I'm saying? You know, sometimes, I mean, the fear of the Lord and the fear of, you know, African parents, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, so there are times where obviously, you know, I could have um, gone crazy. You know, I saw some of my friends doing things, doing drugs, you know, but 
I never had the opportunity to go that deep because, like I said, there was always the fear of the Lord that, hey, you know, God's going to get you. You see what I'm saying? But I never knew about his love. I never knew him intimately. And, and my stepdad kind of revealed that to me um, through the Holy Spirit, uh, obviously. But yeah. Yeah, I know that feeling, you know, that that African parent, you don't you don't do this, you go to hell. <laughs> like what? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And yeah. I'm so fortunate because like I went to college like eight hours away from mm. where my parents to live. And it, mm. it taught me how to rely on God, my relationship with God. Because you know, when you're yeah. growing up, you rely on for me, I relied on my parents' relationship with God. Because exactly. both my parents are pastors. So I was like, okay, my parents know Jesus. Do I know Jesus? And me Mm, removing mm, myself mm. from that situation, I got to know Jesus. Not just know about Jesus, but I got to know him. And the scariest verse in the Bible is Matthew 7, verse 21. Mm, Not mm. everyone that says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God. That's right. And then what are you going to say? We prophesy your name. We heal in your name. We cast out demons in your name. But what do you say? He said, get away from me. I never knew Never knew you. You. Never knew you. That's he didn't right. know about you because Jesus knows everything. Yeah. Said, I never knew you on that intimate level. So that is my That's story. Right. I was like, I need to go, I need to go deeper. For me, 2022 is the year that I go deeper in come God. Because you know, we mm-hmm. always try to put God in a box. I was like, mm-hmm. come on now. I, I said this I said this one time. I was like, if, if the tomb couldn't hold Jesus, why do we think that <laughs> our preconceived notions, our preconceived boxes can hold Jesus? So it's time for us to release. I think 2022 is the year of the release. It's the year of the outpouring. I think 2022, you're going to see revivals out of everywhere. They're like, I didn't know this small town, but revival is breaking out there. I really, truly believe that 2022 is going to be like the axe. But I I want to say this right now, that what's going to happen moving forward, axe will have nothing on it. The book of Acts will have nothing on what's going to happen. Because I think- as the world is getting darker and darker, I think revival is going to pop up and we're going to be brighter and brighter as the light, as the bride of Jesus Christ. That's why I yeah, believe in my heart. True. That's true. You know, God always saves his best wine for last. You know, as we see in John chapter two, where he performs a miracle. Right. And the, and the, the person at the party says, wow, um, he tells the, you know, the owner or the one who started the party he says that, hey, you know, it's like everybody brings out their best wine first. But you saved your best wine for last, you know, and and that's what God does. You know, the the, the glory of the, you know, the the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former. So God knows exactly what he's doing. And um, as you said, you know, as as it gets darker, the light is going to continue to shine brighter. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm just I'm just excited for what the church is about to become. And the thing is, the church is not regulated to a building. And that's what I love. About it. It. I think the church is going to go out. It's going to oh, proclaim yeah. the gospel. It's going to heal the sick. It's going to set oh, the yeah. captives free. People yeah. going to have, they're going to have healing. They're like, I had cancer three months ago, but then they said, I went to the doctor. The cancer wasn't there anymore. Like my yeah. wife and my, my wife, we're about to get divorced, but somehow the Holy Spirit touched our hearts Man, and we we're going to get Jesus restored. Name. I'm telling you right now that the Holy Spirit <laughs> is going to run rampant in the year That's 2022, right. but the That's team right. is he needs willing vessels. That's right. He needs willing vessels who you know, if, to carry out the mandate. That's right. You know, people need to recognize now that the church has left the building. You know, the church has left the building. Um, if you don't see what's going on online, if you don't see how, you know, people are being blessed by, you know, some of these ministries online, the church has left the building. It's not uh, something that is in the building anymore. You know, and, and it's, it's, it's time that we rise up and go out there into the streets. That's where min- real ministry happens. You know, in fact, if you look in Ephesians chapter four, 
the Bible makes it clear to us that, you know, um, he gave us apostles, right? Prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, right? It says for the, for the equipment of the body, right? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So when you go to church, you're supposed to become equipped to actually go out, to do the work that is out there. That's the work of the ministry, right? Jesus Christ didn't go into the temples. He only went to the temples to go and teach and preach, right? But it was out there where he was healing people. It was out there in the cities and, in, 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 you know, in the, in the towns, in those places where he was healing people and doing all those fantastic miracles. So the church has left the building, you know. That's so good because my, what, my yeah. what my pastor says is like Sunday should just be a celebration. Sunday, That's right. like everything we done from so Monday great. through Saturday should be like, oh, I, I spread the gospel there. I healed through the name of Jesus. That person was healed. It should be a celebration. But what's yeah. happened is, and, I, and I'll talk about this in my previous episodes, that we have gotten so comfortable with, with consumer mm-hmm. Christianity That's and we right. don't contribute anymore. That's we just right. come right. with our coffee, make sure it's you know warm enough, make sure yeah. you know the band is playing. <laughs> And if they don't play if the church, my- doesn't have any coffee, they don't go <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if they don't play my worship song, I ain't coming anymore. If they go man. over 35 minutes of sermon, I, I ain't coming no more. Sad man, That's and we, sad. we lost the focus. The focus was mm-hmm. about Jesus, but yeah. now we, we took it off of Christ and put That's it right. on our comfort level. That's right. You know, in fact, growing up, one of the most uh awkward things for me when I found Jesus Christ um was adult church. You know, I thought, you know, I mean, after you, you kind of mature and then you go out and you do something, you see what I'm saying? But it was an awkward thing for me because I used to think to myself, okay, so where are all the adults going to? Like this thing has to go to somewhere. Like, you know, you go to school and you graduate, right? But if if you find somebody that that still continues to be in 12th grade, like year after year, and it takes you like five years just to finish that 12th grade, it's like, bro, like what's going on? You see what I'm saying? So that's how I felt growing up and kind of when I, when I would see people in adult church, I'm like, okay, so it, is it leading to somewhere, you know, and, and, and it's true, right? We, we fall into this consumer Christianity and we don't want to actually contribute to the body of Christ and contribute to, you know, to, to the world, you know, so to speak, you know, and yeah. is, I don't want to get to heaven. This is, I don't, I just don't want to get to heaven. And Jesus is like, this mm-hmm. is all you could have done. My good. want to just be a consumer and then yeah. a person who contributes to my kingdom. That's right. That's right. That's right. So powerful. Anything you want to add before we go to the next question? Oh, that's powerful. That was that was powerful. Man, I don't know. The Holy Spirit is in this place, man. (laughs) (laughs) So the presence of God as well. Yeah. Amen. So my next question to you is: It's a general question, but we're gonna, you know, say some things. But what are some traps of the enemy? Because the thing is, the reason I ask this question is because. Mm If when you're in a battle, you need to know the the game plan, the strategy of the enemy if you want to be victorious. So that's right. why the, that's why it's like the, one of the first questions. So what are some traps of the enemy? Yeah. So one of the things that we must come to understand, the Bible says that we should not be ignorant of the devices, right? And if you look at sin in James chapter one, uh, the Bible says that each one of us is is you know drawn away into sin by being drawn away through our own desires. So one of the things that you must understand is that. The devil, when he's dealing with you as a Christian, he deals with you with plans that are specifically tailored to you. Okay, so your desires, right? You as a Christian must understand how to possess your own vessel. Some of the traps of the enemy are, you know, the deceitfulness of riches in this life. Okay, so you may be somebody who, you know, your whole desire, you come from maybe, let's say, a poverty background, and your desire is to make money. But yet God has given you a calling to fulfill. 
and all you want to do in life is just to become the richest person in the world, that can end up becoming a trap. Because the Bible says that those that desire to be rich pierce themselves with many sorrows. You see, so some of the traps are the deceitfulness of riches, right? Some of the traps of the enemy are traps such as um, worldly lusts and worldly pleasures. You know, some of these traps of the enemy are traps such as, um, you know, sometimes having the fear of missing out, feeling as though you're missing out on something. When the Bible clearly tells us that we are dead in Christ, it says that we are dead and alive in Christ, okay? So we, we must be dead to ourselves. Okay, but only alive in Christ. And the Bible says that we must set our affections on things above, not on things of the earth. So these are some of the traps of the enemy that we must be careful about. And I would um, go ahead uh, a step further to say that we can even recognize many of these traps in the temptation of Jesus Christ. Okay, the temptation to abuse power. Sometimes when the God brings you to a place of authority where the enemy told Jesus Christ to just, you know, jump. Okay. The, the uh, temptation to worship something other than God, whether it is a relationship, you see what I'm saying, whether it is, um, you know, even a sometimes even ministry itself can become a trap because you're so you're, you're so um, um, desirous of just doing so much ministry and you're so focused on on becoming somebody great rather than fulfilling the call of God and doing the assignment that God has given to you. And obviously the traps of the flesh, being careful with the flesh, that's a dangerous one, too. So. That, that's so good and um there's some points i want to hit on because you, let's let's talk about the lust part mm. for some reasons we think when we become christian we're able to resist lust but what does mm. the bible say the bible says flee from sexual immorality you should resist the devil to run like flee. flying <laughs> to run like flying that's yeah. what <laughs> exactly because mm -hmm. we have you know that device we call our phone in our hands and it can lead us on. to some, some website that we should never go down to. Dangerous, 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 dangerous. And the thing is, I'm just going to go there. The thing mm -hmm. that is destroying people's destiny, I don't think it's the devil. I really believe it's sexual morality. I believe That's it's right. porn. I believe That's it's fornication. Right. I believe all mm -hmm. this stuff that is distracting us. And now yeah. we're getting tied to all these other people that don't deserve to be tied to us. And now mm -hmm. we're delaying ourselves because the ties are holding us back. Exactly. No, you're right. You're right. You know, in fact, it's interesting because uh, soon I'm going to be teaching about um, I'm going to do a, a live or maybe I might put it on my podcast. I'm not sure which right now, but um, I'm going to talk about, uh, you know, being able to overcome sexual immorality, you know, and um, one of the things that the Lord uh, revealed to me recently was that, you know, the, the problem with many believers, okay, is that we've come to accept that okay, I am a sexual being, therefore, if these feelings are happening, it is what it is, right? But one of the things that we must come to understand when, it, when, when we're walking with God, and I'm, I'm, I just want to read this verse here real quick, is um, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13 to 14, okay? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13 to 14, it says, food is for the stomach and the stomach is for food, but God will destroy both it and them. And then verse 14 says, now the body is not, for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body and God both raised up the Lord and will also raise up, raise us up by his power. But the Bible it says clearly the body is not for sexual immorality, meaning that in order to be able to overcome some of these sexual immoral things in ourselves, we must understand that our body is not for sexual immoral purposes, but was created for God. Okay. Which means that sex is only the avenue for reproduction. 
in obeying the commandment of God. Okay, so sex in and of itself, yeah, we were created, uh, you know, we were created as as uh, for that. Okay, but that's not the the reason for our creation. Do you see? And I think a lot of believers, once you come to understand that, man, my body is actually for God, and the Bible says that my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You start to think differently and behave differently when you know that your body is a temple. Now think about it. You know. You won't find certain things in a temple. If you walked into a temple and you saw a man and a woman doing something that they shouldn't be doing, you'll say, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's, it's an abominable thing. That's how it should be when you find yourself being drawn to some of these things. You know, and then, and then you know, finally on that topic is the Bible says in uh, 1 Thessalonians, I believe, chapter 4, verse 4, it says that each man should know how to possess his vessel in holiness and sanctification. Okay, so as a Christian, you see, the thing that entices me may not be the same thing that entices you, Edward, right? If I'm fasting, right, maybe for me, if you put a piece of steak in front of me, oh, man, you got me. You see what I'm saying? I know I'm fasting, but you put that steak there. You see what I'm saying? So, but, but you know, but if you put a you know, pizza in front of me, that's not, I, I, I don't care for that. You see what I'm saying? Because to me, that, that's a snack. That's another meal, right? So in the same way, the Bible says we must know how to possess our vessel in holiness and sanctification, which means that you must be you must be aware of the things that entices you to fall. You know, sometimes being on your phone too much, right? Sometimes you're gonna be watching certain movies with even simple kissing scenes. Okay, you know, everyone must be be on guard and be aware of, of the thing that has a tendency to bring you down and make every effort to avoid it. Do not be ignorant of the devices of the end you know that that is that is so good because i think sometimes we think we can just you know dibble and dabble with it and like you know. know let's see how close we can get to the the, the sin line but we yeah. don't cross and what happens is we trip Sorry. and then we mm-hmm. fall into the sin and then we're like we're in the sin might as well just you know go That's all right. out yeah yeah before you fall into sin there's a stumbling ground yep. you know and the enemy the enemy will always cause you to fall you know the enemy will always cause you to fall and um you know, one of the things that I try to avoid in my life personally is idleness, you know, because when you're idle, you can also fall into sin, you know, uh, being idle. You know, if you look at um, David, you know, how he felt to Bathsheba, the Bible says in the time when kings were supposed to go to war, Come on. right? He didn't yeah. go, he didn't go to war. He was just idle, you know, walking on the rooftop, doing nothing. Then he saw something that he wasn't supposed to see. So many of the times, the reason why we fall into sin is because we're just walling away time. We're not, you know, we're, we're just chilling. It's interesting that the word while in a way time is the same thing as uh, you know, what the Bible says, you know, be, be uh, that be careful of the wiles of the enemy. <laughs> you know, So sometimes we have to be careful about idleness, you know, unnecessary idleness. I'm not talking about, you know, relaxing and just resting, you know, uh, you know, you have times where you intentionally take a break, right? But just unnecessary idleness, scrolling through social media, you know, watching some of these pages that you shouldn't be watching you know, and, and looking at things you shouldn't be looking at. So, yeah, that's yeah. it. Because you have to, you know, you have to protect your, your gates. You have to protect your eye gate that's and your right. gate. Because once right. it enters, it's going to enter into your heart. And then the seed that's is right. planted. And mm-hmm. what, is, what did Jesus say? Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People yeah. are speaking like what they saw last night. People are mm-hmm, speaking mm-hmm. like what they heard on that, mm-hmm. on the music they're listening to. That's you know right. what I mean? That's and right. what I realized is lust can be driven by just the songs you listen to. Because most of oh, the songs yeah. that they Big are time. that's played right now is over sexualized. It's about having mm-hmm. sex with this with people, doing this, doing that, is right. murdering people so it can increase anger, like doing drugs. Yeah. 
is and now you you put that put that in your ears and now you think it's normal but it's not normal mm-hmm. yeah you know the bible says uh romans 10 17 that faith comes by hearing right so you know and hearing by the word of god but we, we understand through that scripture that faith comes by hearing so whatever you hear all the time you start to develop faith in you know, that's why you realize that people behave the way they do nowadays, right? You realize that, you know, unfortunately, you know, um, the LGBT community is affecting a lot of young people, you know, who are using TikTok, right? Because you see that all the time. You see that all the time, right? That, oh, you know, gender fluid, uh, fluidity, you know, bi- uh, binary, whatever, you know, you see all these different, different things. And then you end up finding yourself now, you start to develop faith or you start to develop a belief in things that you shouldn't have a belief in you know, which are, you know, clearly against the scriptures. So you're right. We have to protect our, our ears. We have to protect our eyes, you know, the things we see and, and, and we have to be careful, you know, we have to be careful. And then, yeah. I'm glad you brought up TikTok. Cause like now there's a thing called like wish talk also. Now there's witches yeah. kids witch talk, do yeah. spells and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what is going on? And the thing is, That's more, right. the reason I don't do TikTok anymore, I have it on my phone, but I used to post mm-hmm. up. But it seems yeah. like if you talk about Jesus, they suppress it. I, it's, I'm That's not saying right. conspiracy theory. It's just mm-hmm. when I did it, it yeah. was it was not popping. But some other other yeah. content, it got That's traction. Right. So. Right. Yeah, no, no, no. It's true. Um, you know, um, the algorithm is set up such that you know the only thing that the world wants to promote is the only thing that the algorithm you know picks up and promotes more, right? So it's like uh, the believer has to work a little harder to be able to reach you know people um versus somebody else who's posting something that's unnecessary you know so um it's it's all demonic uh it's all you know the 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 devil trying to destroy uh, the lives of many young people that's why i always tell people you have to be intentional about the pages you follow you have to be intentional about the things you do you have to be in now there's no room for just you know oh it is what it is no a little yeast you know leaving at the whole land so that's so good. I love how you talk about the, the little yeast. It's always that little thing. Because, you know, yep. people don't fall from grace all of a sudden. There's always those little oh, compromises. Not at all. Those little compromises that they make. Oh, no one will find out. No one will find out. And before you know it, you, yeah. you see yeah. most people, like, they cheat on their wife. Why? It was yeah. little things. It was texting people when you don't need mm-hmm. to text them. It's those sending right. pictures when you don't need to send them. And out of nowhere, right. you're, you're caught. Because, it's yeah. always, like you said, the little yeast. It's always a little thing. It's always a little, always bit. A little thing. That would get you. That's right. That's yeah. so good. Anything you want to add? This has been good so far, Pastor Paul. Anything you want to add? Powerful. Powerful. So the next one, the next question is, what does it mean to overcome the enemy? Because, you know, many people have a definition of overcoming the enemy. But That's right. That's in, right. In your, in your opinion, um, Pastor Paul, yeah. what does it mean to overcome the enemy? To overcome the enemy for me means to choose God. That's what it means, to choose God. That's good. And that's in everything. That's and, 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 you know, and, and that's actually what happened in the garden of eating where they fell they chose something else over god right because satan came to them and he clearly said to them he said look you know the day that you eat this fruit god knows that you're going to be like him right but they but god had already created them in his image right and he said that oh the day that you do this you know god knows that you would be wise you would be like him you know and and you know you would know the difference between good and evil right and and you realize that the devil pretty much put them in a situation to cause them to choose something else other than God. And it's the same temptation that the enemy brought against Job, right? When God came in Job chapter one, the Bible says that, you know, the day the sons of God came to present themselves before, before God, that the devil also came and the devil and, and God told him, Hey, have you considered my servant Job? 
you know, and the Bible says that Satan clearly said, you know, are you sure that Job loves you for you? Yeah. But I dare you touch him and he will curse you to your face. He says, touch Job. And he says, he will curse you to your face. I mean, because the devil knew that as he knew our flesh, he knew from the beginning that he had caused man to fall and he can do it again by causing man to choose something else other than God. But thankfully, Job went through all the way, you see. So one of the, the way to overcome the enemy is to choose God. Choose God when it comes to your sexuality, okay? What is God saying about it? Choose God when it comes to your calling. What is God saying about your life? Okay, yes, I know you want to do this, you want to be this, but what, what is God's will for you, okay? When it comes to your friendship, what is God saying about your friends, okay? The more you choose God, the more you overcome. So our Christianity is based on how much we've chosen God versus how much we've chosen other things. And, and, for, mit, and for some people, it's like the choosing of other things is here and the choosing of God is here. But as you grow mature, as you become more mature, you start to choose more and more of God and the choosing of other things go down. And that's what, what it is, right? And that's what the Bible says that this is he that overcomes the world, right? Or this is how we overcome the world, even our faith, okay? Being able to have faith being able to believe in God, being able to say that God is the one that I'm choosing in every aspect of my life and I'm not choosing anything else. That is so good. I love how you talk about like choosing God in your sexuality because like yes, that's right. we're not even talking about, we're not only talking about same-sex attraction, we're also talking about like, you know, what, what did um, the writer of Psalm 119 say? Like, how does the young man stay pure? By hiding his by hiding word, his word. Yeah. in my heart. You know what I mean? That's right, that's and, right. But like what we said before, this... Our generation is like they they termed it as the most illiterate generation when it comes to the Bible. Yeah. It's hard sad. to find something where you don't know anything about it. Sad. That's right. That's right. And 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 that's one of the unfortunate things. That's why my ministry is geared towards making disciples. You know, that that's kind of my heart and my passion. That's that's one of the things that I, I love the most is to make disciples. That's why, you know, I always believe in planting churches, right? Because that's that's where you make disciples and, and you teach people and you help them to grow in the Lord. Um, so, you know, I, it's, it's so vital for every believer to study the word. You, you have to know the word of God without knowing the word of God and having knowledge of, of what the word of God says, you will be deceived by the enemy. The Bible says the entrance of, of his word brings light and gives understanding to the simple, right? The more of the word of God that you have in you, the more lights that you have in you. many of the problems that a lot of Christians face will be taken away if they would just become students of the word and not just students, but also doers of the word. So that's what, that's what we really need to do. That, that is so good. Cause what I realize is, you know, as Christians, people, or I say we're all Christians, we try to, right. we try to fit the Bible into our life instead right. of fitting our life into the Bible. Mm-hmm. We try mm-hmm. to make sure we try to mold the Bible to like to fit our to fit our desires, to yeah. fit our yeah. cravings. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that he is the potter and we are the, we clay. Are the clay. Come on now. So That's how right. are we trying to mold the Bible? Well, you know, back then it didn't have that interpretation. That word was added in 19, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't yeah. what the Bible says is what I'm going to do. Have I been That's perfect? Right. No, but there's grace for that. But I, I don't believe that if you continue to sin. The Bible mm-hmm. says he's going to give you to a, a reprobate mind if you keep, keep doing right. it. So I, right. I really believe that it's time for us as Christians, if you're going to call yourself Christian, which just means, as you know, Pastor Paul, little Christ, where we mm-hmm. are Christ represented, re- represented on right. this earth. 
It's mm-hmm. time for us to not try to fit the Bible into our life, but we need to fit our life into the Bible. Into the Bible. That's right. Come on. It's powerful. You're preaching. <laughs> I just, I, I, this, this, the Holy Spirit is, I'm telling you, it's strong. And the Lord is in his place. Yeah. Powerful meeting. It's a powerful uh, call. I love it. So is there anything else you want to add when it means, I love, I just love how you said overcome the enemy is just choosing God. That's it. It's just, it's just choosing God. Choose God. Overcome him. Yeah. Just choose God over your flesh. Choose God over the world. Choose God over everything. That that's that's His main. That's God's desire for us, right? Because the Bible says that He chose us, right? He commended His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So God also wants us to choose Him. That that's just what it is. You know, it's like you know, you like somebody, you think the person is attractive, beautiful, whatever, and then you choose the person. You desire that the person chooses you back, and that's just all it is. It's 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 a it's a simple. A love story, but yet complicated, <laughs> you know, and God just wants us to choose him. Oh, that, that is so good. So my next question to you is, what are some things that the, what are some things the believer can do to achieve victory over the enemy? Stay connected to the Lord, stay connected to him. And, and, and that comes through fellowship with the Holy Spirit, prayer, right? Reading your Bible, studying it. I always tell people that uh, walking with God becomes easier the closer you get to God, right? Because as you get close to God, uh, he carries you in this walk, right? The Bible, Jesus Christ says that, you know, come unto me, all you who are uh, burdened, right? Uh, He says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I remember reading that scripture uh, one time um, and I, you know, in the past and I was saying, Lord, are you sure? Because this looks like it's a tough thing to do. Like, I mean, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. But man, I'm being, you know, laughed at and clowned at school for choosing you and being a Christian. And, and, you know, the Lord was telling me that, you know, the closer you get to me, the easier it becomes to walk with me, right? The closer you get. Have you ever had a situation where, you know, it's like people are saying something bad about somebody, but you know the person and you're so close to the person that you're ready to stand for the person and fight against everybody else for that particular person because it's like, no, that's my boy or that's my girl. Like, I know him. You don't know him, you know, and that's how it is when we walk with Jesus Christ. The closer we get to him, the more we fall in love and, and go deeper in relationship with him, the easier it becomes to take to, to an allegiance for Christ. All right. Or, or to be in allegiance with Christ, I should say, more than being in, in allegiance with the uh, with the world, you know, and um, and that's what Christ is telling us to do. In fact, you know, the Bible says that serve the Lord and he would give you the desires of your heart. Unfortunately, one of the things that people don't recognize is, you know, they, we, we, we often understand only one part of the revelation, which is, okay, God is going to bless me with what I want as I serve him. But there's also an aspect of that where it means he's actually going to give you the desires to have in your heart. If you look at it in the original text, that's that as you serve him, that's, that's why the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord. Because as you serve him, he actually gives you the desires you should have in your heart which are his desires. So it becomes easier. You fall deeper in love with him and you know, you're able to put up with a lot of things. It's just like how when you fall in love with somebody, you put up with a lot of their nonsense, so to speak. I mean, not in this case, God doesn't have nonsense, right? But you're able to put up with more nonsense from the world when you're deeply in love with Christ. So that is so good because yeah, delight yourself in the Lord. And what I realized, it just came to me, when you delight yourself means mm-hmm. I just want to be in your presence. Mm-hmm. you're a married man you. you're a yeah. married man I, you just want to be in the presence of your wife i don't need you to do that's anything 
Just be right I here. I just want to be with her. Be right here next to me. I said, you right. Come on now. <laughs> <But> it, <laughs> I'm about to go there right is, now. It's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the thing that happens is when we come to Jesus, we will always want something from him. We're not going right. to delight ourselves anymore. We just want, okay, God, give me the desires. Give me the yeah. desires. And we don't have time. Because I know you you met your wife. Y'all, y'all spend time together. Now y'all married. I know there's some mannerisms you picked up from her. And there's some exactly. mannerisms she's picked up from you. Why? Because y'all delight in yourselves. Y'all delight yourselves with each other. You know what I mean? So I love how you say, like, when you spend more time with Jesus, then your desires will start to change. Why? Because you first delighted yourself. Yeah. Then he will give you the desires of heart because his your desires has transformed to his desires. Exactly. You know, what? in fact, when I gave my life to Christ, one of the things that I recognized uh, early on was it became easier to stop sinning the more I prayed and the more I, I got deeper in his presence. And I quite remember, you know, there, there are very few things, very few things early on that I said, okay, I'm going to stop this thing. You know, most of the stuff, it's like, as I got closer to God and then fell deeper in love with him, it's like, I just realized that, oh my God, I don't do this thing anymore. When was the last time I did this? You know, and that's because I, I fell in love with him. And, and personally, that's the secret for me, right? And that's the secret that I believe is for everyone. The deeper you get into a relationship with the Lord, the easier it becomes to walk with the Lord. It's only difficult when you're far away from him. He never called us to, to, to do this thing alone. That's why the Bible says that faithful is he who has called you, right? Uh, who will also keep you from falling and present you blameless unto himself, right? So God is able to keep us from falling if we are only gonna, you know, uh, willing to draw close to him and get deeper in fellowship, so. That is that is so good. And James talks about like draw near to God. He will draw, draw near to, to you. you. That's right. That's I think right. some people, especially yeah. people in our generation, we we just got trust issues. We're like yeah. we don't want, <laughs> we don't want to look bad if we draw we near to, to God you know. and we just here out here by ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. that's right. But the thing yeah. we need to realize that if he he drew he he drew to us first, because mm-hmm. like, as you stated before, why we were still sinners. He called Christ us, yeah. died Chosen. for us. So that was the first, that was the first drawing he did. Mm-hmm. Now he's like, okay, now draw to me, and then I'm gonna draw back to you. So like you're not That's gonna right. be God because it's gonna be two one. He he came down from heaven to earth. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I think people just need to get like you say, get deeper with God. Get because I'm gonna try to manage my emotions, but I am sick and tired of the surface Christianity. Now I'm just going to come to church for an hour. If it goes over an hour and a half, I'm going to find a new church. We need to go mm-hmm. deeper because I'm here to yeah. tell you right now, there's a, you know, there's the white throne judgment, but there's also mm-hmm. the Bema seat, the grace judgment right. of Jesus Christ, right. which is talked about mm-hmm. in 1 Corinthians chapter three, I believe. And he says, mm-hmm. every, everything the person did for the Lord will be there. You're good. It'd be That's tested right. by fire. But if you did everything for the Lord, be burnt up. And the, mm-hmm. what Paul says is, it's like a person just escaping the fire. Mm. So it's like someone who just barely got in. This person does escape hell, barely. And that's what... Go mm -hmm. ahead. Go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. Go. No, I was going to say, you know, that's what a lot of Christians don't realize is that there's a judgment seat of Christ and there's a judgment seat of God, right? Um, The judgment seat of Christ is a judgment where for us as believers, which is going to be, you know, the judgment of your works. Okay. So you're, you're already going to heaven, you know, but unbelievers are going to be judged by God, right? And and they're all going to hell. You see what I'm saying? Because if, if you're not saved, right? I'm not I'm not saying it. That's that's what the Bible is saying, right? 
um, which is, you know, a judgment of, you know, based on whether you accepted Jesus Christ or not as your Lord and Savior. But the judgment seat of Christ is where we as believers are going to be judged based on our works and based on how we lived for him and what we did. You know, and many people don't realize that when we get to heaven, we're not all going to be the same or be on the same level. There's, di- there's it, different it, levels. There's different there's levels. There's levels to this. Yeah, you see yeah, exactly. There's levels to this. Like, <laughs> like, listen, God is not going to put you on the same level as the Apostle Paul. You know, in fact, the Apostle Paul is not on the same level as, you know, as um, uh, the, 12, the 12 apostles who are with Jesus Christ. The 12 apostles who are with Jesus Christ are the only ones whose names are written on the 12 gates in heaven. They're the only ones. That's what Jesus Christ says. He says that he told his, his disciples before he left. He says that you are the ones who have suffered with me through my troubles. Therefore, I appoint unto you a kingdom. Right. They're going to be ruling certain things. Of course, Paul is also going to be, you know, a high ranking person there in heaven. And, you know, all of us here, however we live, uh, lived for God and whatever we did is going to determine, you know, how we're going to be in heaven. You know, like Billy Graham's and all these other guys. Right. So as a Christian, you should desire to go all out for God. You should. That's why I said at the beginning that the thing that drives me is eternity. Because, look, I'm not trying to be in the no apartment and attorney. I'm trying to be in a mansion. You see what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm I, I, I know exactly. Rich, exactly. Trying to be in a rich neighborhood. You see what I'm saying? I'm trying to be I'm trying to be in the gated home. community. Yeah, I'm trying to be. <laughs> I'm trying to be in a gated community. Seriously, you know, I'm trying to be as close to the throne as possible. And and the, and the more you do for God, and obviously stay faithful with what He's called you to do, the closer you are to the throne. So. So I'm excited. I'm excited to, to see what's happening in heaven. But I always say, Lord, please let me finish. Let me finish what you've asked me to do first and do it well before, you know, you take me home. So, <laughs> for, yeah, for sure. Because, you know, like, God, let me finish strong, but let me finish. Yeah. What give, give me because me, I, I ain't trying to share no bunk bed. Nah, not at all. Not in heaven. <laughs> no, I, I don't want no air mattresses in heaven. I, I'm done with my air mattresses. All right. <laughs> But I, so, I, I understand is like people just don't have that understanding that there's two different judgments. There's the white throne judgment, as you said, right. by exactly. the father, and then there's the, the Bema seat that Bema seat, that's right. You, by the son. It, it does yeah. not have any bearing on your salvation because mm-hmm. if you get if you make it to the Bema seat, you're already saved. Exactly. If you're already, you're already there, you're you're in there. Mm-hmm. But like you yeah. said, there's levels. There's, right. <laughs> there's right. levels, you know. And even in this life, we have the same thing. You see what I'm saying? We we have uh, a judgment where you can you can be judged right uh, by a jury trial, which is you know a jury of your peers, right? Usually six to twelve, or you can have a um, um, what is known as a, a bench trial, right? Which is where you're judged by just a single judge, right? Um, so there's different judgments and there's different grades of you know punishment, even in this life, right? You can end up having probation, uh, you, or you can end up being sentenced, right? And you can be sentenced to, to jail, or you can actually go to prison. You see what I'm saying? There's different things. So, and, and, and I know this because I'm in the legal field, right? So it's the same thing when it comes to, to God, there's different, you know, there's different measures and different levels, you know? That's so good. Cause when I think about it, cause you know, when Jesus was talking about, you know, hell, you know, there's out of courts and then, you know, deeper and darker. That's if, right. If, that's if, right. If hell is like that, I'm pretty sure that heaven has levels also. Yeah, Don't that's you right. Think, that's Pastor right. Paul? That's right. There's levels. There's levels in heaven, and and we see that. We see that all throughout the scriptures. So, yeah. But I, I I wonder if people are willing to fight the good fight. Because mm. 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 I think mm. 
and I had someone on the episode a couple weeks ago that said that the Jesus that's presented to people is always that Jesus who can fix something for you. So anytime we come mm-hmm. to Jesus, is like a genie. Like, let me rub my Bible three times. Yeah. Let me get oh. genie Jesus up here. And like, genie Jesus, give me a new car. Genie Jesus, give me, help me pay my rent. You know what I mean? And so it's like, yeah. Jesus, you've done enough. If yeah. you don't do anything else, you've already done too much. If I had a thousand right. tongues and a thousand mm-hmm. ears, it still would not mm-hmm. be enough for everything mm-hmm. you've done mm-hmm. for me. But we had to, we had to have a mind shift, Pastor Paul. We yeah. had to have a mind yeah. shift. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we have to understand is this, that, um, you know, as you were saying, when we get to heaven, rewards are also going to be given. I'm sorry. I don't know uh, where that's coming from, the little noise there. I apologize. Um, But when we get to heaven, right, there's going to be um, gifts that are going to be given. That's why Paul says that, you know, I've run this race. I have, you know, I fought a good fight. I've run the race. He says, henceforth, there is a crown that is laid up for me, you know. And, you know, crowns are going to be given, not just crowns, right? But also, you know, as we see the book of Revelation, people are going to, some people are going to receive certain garments, right? Some people are going to receive certain names from Jesus Christ for overcoming. Some people are going to receive, you know, certain things for, for overcoming and, 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 and for going all out, you know, and we see it all throughout the book of Revelation. So it's important that as a Christian, you have your eyes set on the prize, Okay, that's what Paul says. He says that no one runs a race aimlessly. Yeah, yeah. But you run it for a prize. So what makes you think that if the Bible calls our Christian, you know, uh, Christianity a race, there's no prize at the end? The prize is not the same. I mean, look, I will be very mad when I get to heaven and I see the person who I was struggling to bring to church, struggling to, you know, to bring to the faith. I mean, I finally got them established. They didn't want nothing to do with, with the ministry, you know, getting the same prize as me. You see, I'll be like the older brother in, uh, you know, in, uh, in, the, in prodigal the, son? Yeah, the prodigal <laughs> son, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, heaven, it is what it is, but I'm just saying that like God is faithful and God is fair. The Bible says our labor in the Lord will not be in vain. It will not be in vain. And we see it in the parable of the talents where when the master comes back, he gives the person who's able to achieve more with his five talents. He gives him more. Right. And then the person who's been able to achieve the two more with his, with his talent, he gives him more also. But everybody's uh, blessing is different. You know, everybody's gift or reward is different. You know, and I think people need to realize that God will not judge you. That's right. On your neighbor's stuff. Yeah. He's going to yeah. judge you on what he's placed inside of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and only mm-hmm. you know what he's placed inside of you that's right so people that's think right. like oh let me compare myself to no 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 god's not gonna judge you because of what your neighbor did i'm here to tell right. you that's right god is not gonna judge me and what he placed in pastor paul it's not gonna happen and that's he's right. not gonna judge pastor paul and what he mm-hmm. placed in me he's gonna look what i've given you i gave you that family i gave you that that's community. Right. i gave that's you right. that those, those classmates I gave exactly. you, what did you do with what I gave you? Like, like you said, right. the talents. One he gave five, one he gave two, the other one he gave mm-hmm. one. What according yeah. to their ability? Yeah, their ability. <laughs> and everybody was blessed according to their ability and their faithfulness. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? I'm sure of the person who had two ended up getting like 12, he would have gotten more. You see what I'm saying? God, God is a fair God. He's not out here trying to, you know, uh play favorites. The Bible says he's not a respecter of persons at all. We have to come to the place of understanding that, you know, it's not just a matter of, okay, I'm saved. It's like I'm saved for a particular purpose. That's what the Bible says, that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which he foreordained that we should walk in them. 
I mean, think about it. Why would God save us and put us here in the place that was sending us to hell in the first place? Like, it doesn't make sense. I mean, the best time to enter into heaven is right after salvation, like a fresh new baby. You enter in no sin, no nothing. You see what I'm saying? But God has left us here on the battlefield because there's a war, you know, and there's a fight that, you know, he needs you to engage in and to win souls, you know. That is so good. And one thing I don't think you hit on uh, um, ways that you can achieve victory is um, fasting. Let's talk about fasting. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, so can, we, can we go down that, uh, that um, road yes. a little bit? Yes. One of the ways that we can achieve victory is through fasting. You know, I, in fact, I just actually did a whole teaching on fasting and we just did a whole 21 day fast, you know, uh, uh, us, you know, those of us here in uh, impact global, but fasting is one of the things that we have to understand that Jesus Christ says that this kind does not go out except but by prayer and fasting. Okay. And it's important for the Christian to know that fasting is something that must be regular. And it's not something that, you know, it's like, oh, whenever I feel like it or whatever I want to. No. If you want certain things to leave your life, if you want to have power in a certain way, right, even unbelief, for unbelief to leave, it must be through prayer and fasting. The combination of prayer with fasting is so powerful that it gives you power to overcome the, the, the attacks of the enemy. You know, and fasting is a, um, you know, if anybody doesn't know what fasting is, I'm sure many people who will watch this will know, but it's just abstaining from food, okay, and giving up food to seek God, all right, I always tell people that when you're going on fasting, you can fast other things, obviously, but I always tell people that food is, 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 is the most prescribed method in the scriptures when it comes to fasting, okay, I mean, there's no social media or Instagram in the, in the Bible, right, so those things are all good, but I call those things miscellaneous fast to develop discipline, not necessarily the fasting that the Bible talks about. But one of the things that we must understand when it comes to fasting is that it's a form of sacrifice that every Christian must engage in. You know, Jesus Christ taught us about sacrifice and he showed us before his ministry began, before he did, he entered into ministry, the key, the key to power. The key to being able to overcome the enemy, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible says that he returned from the wilderness in the power of the spirit. And a thing went out of him throughout all of the regions of Galilee. So if you want to be able to walk in power and overcome the flesh and overcome, you know, the attacks of the enemy, one of the things you must learn to do is do prayer with fasting. And last thing I'll say is I always tell people that fasting is different from going on a hunger strike. Okay. You know, there are people who say, oh, I'm going on fasting. You know, I'm doing a Christian fast and they don't pray. They don't read their Bible. They don't do nothing. That's no, you're, you're dieting or you're doing a hunger strike. That's not fasting. A Christian fast is that I'm putting my stomach aside and I'm seeking the Lord. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm abstaining from eating food so that I can eat the scriptures. I'm abstaining from eating food so that I can eat spiritual food. That's good, Pastor Paul. That's good. That's that's what keep it going. Is. I didn't mean yeah. to cut it off. I'm just, I'm just, it was good. No, no, no. no, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so fasting is so crucial in 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 our battle. You know, um, and 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 in our fight. You know, uh, I always tell people try to fast at least you know once a week if you can, or twice a month. You know, um, depending on your medical condition or if you're an athlete or whatever it is. But you know, I always try to fast at least once or twice a week um, on the day that I was born, and then sometimes on a different day. Um, or you know, if I'm, you know, if that month looks like it's quite busy for me or whatever, you know, I'll, I'll fast like twice a month. You know, or 
as you know, or whatever it is. Or sometimes what I'll do is I'll go on a uh, seven day fast or 21 day fast. You know, I remember I fasted 40 days, uh, 40 days for, uh, for every summer, 40 days, every summer for five years. You know, for five years, I did 40 days every single summer. And this was besides my normal seven days a week, three days, three days here, one day a week, 21 days here. I'm talking about literally I fasted for almost half the year, you know, and those were in my foundation seasons. I still fast like that today. I still fast like that today. But but I'm saying that there has to be a sense of intensity, especially for a lot of new believers, because you have to kill the flesh. You have to kill the flesh, you know. Yeah. It goes back to what you were talking about um, before. It, you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional. Like you can't fast by mistake. You fast by mistake. It was a you forgot. Yeah. It, was, nah, it, was, it was the hunger strike, <laughs> or you were dieting. <laughs> so, so you know. I, so I I love that. Like fasting is the key, and then you know, there's some people when mm -hmm. I when I used to grow up in church and everything like they were like, mm -hmm. oh, I can't fast, or Jesus has done all the fasting for me. But uh, I was like, that's not bro. scriptural. That's why you're still struggling in sin. <laughs> you know, that, that's the truth. <laughs> Look, one of the one of my my favorite things to do with new believers, especially when I'm discipling somebody who's you know new to the faith, is yeah. fast. I love to take them on a fast, you know, and obviously gradually build up you know their capacity to fast for longer periods because it gives you authority and power over your flesh. That's why you know. We quote the scripture a lot. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, right? Then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. We, you know, every great evangelist or great minister in America is using that scripture. Oh, we need to humble ourselves and pray for America. But the reason why it doesn't work is because that word humble there is actually means fasting. Yeah. Reason why we, we we have so many prayer meetings and stuff, and sometimes they don't work. We're saying we're praying for the nation is because we've missed out on one particular element that's that's so crucial. He says, if my people will humble themselves and pray, that word humble themselves. If you look at it in the Bible, and many a times on the Bible, always talked about humble yourself. It talked about fast, going to fast. That's the way that Nineveh was able to be changed. They didn't just pray. They fasted. Even the animals, the goats, the horses, everybody was fasting. So if we want America to change, it's not just calling prayer meetings or days of prayer. No, let's do it a day of prayer and fasting. And you will see that certain demons will be driven out of this country. You know, and certain evil spirits will be from our lives. So. That is so good. And call me old school, but I don't believe... A biblical fast is when you don't go on Facebook or Instagram. I, I think yeah, that could no, be, I agree with you. I think that can be supplemental, but I think I agree with you because I think the actual Hebrew word fast means to cover your mouth. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what. <laughs> so you're and abstain from, yeah. from pleasures and food. You know, I I totally agree with you. You know, I I recently taught a um um a teaching actually. I did a two two weeks or three weeks actually teaching on fasting. And, you know, I, talk, I talked about different types of fast, you know, and I talked about there being, you know, there's an absolute fast, right, which is where you, it's, uh, you fast with no water and no food. That's an absolute fast. And the biblical recommended time frame for that is, is the maximum is usually three days, right? In fact, even medically speaking, you know, you, you can't go three days without water. I mean, now there are people who have been able to do it, don't get me wrong. But it's not recommended, right? But that's an absolute fast. And we see that in the book of um, uh, Esther, 
where Esther tells, uh, you know, Mordecai that, hey, you know, tell the people to go on a three day fast. I'm going to do the same. Don't eat or drink anything. Right. And he says that, you know, after that, I'll go to the king. So we see that in the Bible. Right. And then we see what is known as a complete fast. A complete fast is a type of fast where you drink water, but you don't eat food. You see, you drink water, but you don't eat food. And we see this in the life of Jesus Christ, where the Bible says that uh, he ate nothing. Now, we don't know if he drank anything, but it clearly says he ate nothing, right? So it's a complete fast. You're not eating anything, but you're drinking water. You may take juice here and there, you know, to if you want your sugar level to be high or whatever it is, you know. But, um, you know, you drink water. That's, that's a complete fast, right? Then uh, there's also obviously a sexual fast in the Bible, okay? That's if there's a consensus between the spouses. You know, as Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, that, you know, if, um, you know, he says that you shouldn't defraud each other, right? Of, you know, of obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say it on here because I don't know who all is going to listen. <laughs> but he says you shouldn't defraud one another, right? Then he says, except for fasting, right? So that's, that's not a commandment. That's just a recommendation that Paul says that you can fast that too. Right. And then, you know, what I, I, I said before, I told people a miscellaneous fast, which is, you know, you're trying to fast for the purpose of, you know, discipline or, you know, you don't want to you, you struggle with Netflix or you want to, you know, stop Netflix. But but I call that more a disciplined um, practice. You know, I, I wouldn't call it a fast, but for the lack of, you know, better way of putting it sometimes, you know, we call that a fast. But yes, true fasting is abstaining from food and seeking God. That's fasting. Because well, because I look at it as, a, as a, in the medical field, if you have a surgery, mm-hmm. they tell you to fast eight yeah. hours before this. Doesn't mean you, yeah. it is they put away your phone. So I'm exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not trying to hit on anyone. If, if you really have, a surgery, no, you're right. If someone has something right. with like Twitter or Instagram, mm-hmm. they, that fast will be helpful to them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a. I, I I say that's just you know practicing discipline. That's really what it is. You're practicing discipline. You know, maybe you struggle with eating sugar all the time and you decide that I'm not going to eat cake for the rest of this month. Right. That's just being disciplined. But that's not a fast. You see, that's why I tell people all the time that even people in the world fast to lose weight. Right. So what is the difference between a Christian fast versus a worldly fast? A Christian fast means that you are actually separating yourself unto God. In fact, in the book of Isaiah, I believe, chapter 58 um, I may be wrong in a particular chapter, but I think 50, 55 to 50, any one of those chapters. I think it's 58. Is that yeah, like, the fast you chose? Exactly. Is yeah. the, exactly right. Is this the fast that you chose where God is rebuking the people saying that you say that you're fasting, but you're, you know, you're going about your work. You're doing everything else. You're arguing with people. You're getting, you're engaging in quarrels and fights. Is this the fast that you think I delight in? And he starts to list the type of fast that he wants. And one of the things that he makes clear is that, look, fasting in the biblical sense means taking yourself away from the world abstaining from food and hiding in god's presence so yeah that is so good anything you want to add i'm glad we i'm glad we were able to hit on the fasting because i think fasting is like the secret weapon it is (laughs) it is is the secret weapon and i always tell people fasting with prayer fasting with prayer you know because like i said you can easily go on a you know and, and i've made that mistake before where I got into a rhythm of fasting, you know, fasting every week, you know, whatever, to the point where sometimes I go a whole day and I, I fasted, but I didn't pray. And it's like, okay, so, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, but like the purpose is to seek God. So I also, whenever I, I, I go on a fast with a group of people, I always have a target of hours of prayer 
So during this 21 days, our target was 70 hours of prayer, which is 3.5 hours a day, right? So if I'm praying 3.5 hours a day, then that makes my fasting powerful. You see what I'm saying? It, it, it adds a certain level of potency, I should say, to the fast. And now you start to see that, wow, you start to experience God. You start to have dreams and visions. You start to have encounters because now you're not just abstaining, you know, and, 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 you know, laying down your belly and doing everything else, going about your day or whatever, but you're actually praying and seeking God with the fast, you know? So you're right. Fasting is, is, is a major key, major key. That, that, that is major key alert. Uh, that is, that is so good <laughs> because I remember last year, I felt the Lord tell me that I should do a, um, a 90 day uh, Daniel fast. Which mm. Daniel fast is, um, if you don't know what that's Daniel also fast in the Bible, is, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like all natural, like fruits, uh, veggies, vegetables, stuff like that. I so, tell people that's a partial Daniel fast, partial fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the way I did it was like, um, I didn't eat food from like midnight until 6 p.m. Then when 6 mm -hmm. p.m. hit, then I just ate the fruits and veggies and stuff like that. But yeah. at that time, nice, yeah. And then the Lord told me to get off of social media. So it was like a two things, two things. Mm, but this mm. is that's how this podcast was birthed. It was during that time while I was fasting. Oh. That's that's when the Lord told me and gave me all this stuff, gave me the name of it and everything like that. Because oh. I was fasting, like you said, I was seeking the Lord. I wasn't just doing a diet. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have any weight to lose. So, right. <laughs> so, I was, <laughs> so I was hey, you and me both, Lord. bro. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> so so i believe that people can find their calling and because yeah. you know this mo most people's prayer points so i hear now is like god give me clarity god give me clarity i i guarantee you if you fast for three days and you're intentional with your fast god will give you clarity just like that right that's right you're right he will he'll give us clarity he will this has been so good so so far pastor paul you ready to move to the next question Blessing, yes all right. So the next question is, what is the importance of having patience when it comes to overcoming the enemy? Yeah, you can't, you see, um, you can't run this race without patience. The Bible says that, you know, run this race with patience. Okay. Um, and as a Christian, you know, you have to understand that it's a, it's a journey and not a destination. You know, it's one of the things that the Lord has revealed to me personally is that, the destination is him. Do you see him? So, or the journey itself consists of him. Actually, let me let me say it that way. That he is the one that I'm trying to pursue. So if he is the one that I'm trying to pursue, it takes eternity to know God. And you have to be patient. You know, that's why we're going to spend eternity with him, because it takes eternity to know him. So you have to be patient in this walk. You have to be patient in this race. You have to understand that, you know, um, the fact that you messed up yesterday doesn't mean that tomorrow is not a new day, okay? You have to give be patient with yourself. The Bible says that, you know, a righteous man, though he falls seven times, yet he rises up again. You have to keep going. You have to keep going and be patient with yourself. And, um, you know, as you walk with the Lord, you know, you'll start to realize that in due season, he makes all things beautiful. That is so good. Romans 12, verse 12 says, rejoice in our confident hope, be mm -hmm. patient in trouble, that's and right. Keep on praying. That's right. It's funny yeah. how Paul says, "Rejoice in our confident hope, which is Jesus, of course." Mm -hmm. Be patient in trouble. That's but right. While you're being patient, make sure you're praying. That's right. Make sure you couple your patience with prayer. Because mm -hmm. if you don't right. couple your patience with prayer, you're just gonna be frustrated. 
That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. Patience without prayer is frustration, right? <laughs> so yeah. I, just, I, I just love how you, you talk about, like, it's, it's pretty much a marathon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not a sprint. That's but right. The thing is, we always compare ourselves. Oh, that person has this, that person has that. Mm-hmm. And I want to mm-hmm. say this to people listening or people watching this. Do not want someone's blessing if you don't know the burden that's attached to the blessing. That's right. That's right. You, you, Pastor Paul, people might say, oh, I want to be like Pastor Paul playing churches. <laughs> you do not know the crushing you, know you have been to through. go through to get that anointing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Every uh, anointing oil is from olives. So it's a crushing right. that happens. Yeah. And then people don't know, like, I, oh, I want that ministry. Like, no, you don't. You don't want that ministry. Yeah. You don't want those problems. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't know what, you don't know what people have gone through, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't understand someone's prosperity until you know their heart. You know, you don't, you don't know what God, you know, and, and I'm using prosperity loosely, okay, not in terms of money, but um, loosely in terms of just blessings. You know, you don't know what, <clears throat> what somebody has gone through to get to where they are. So I always tell people, be patient. In fact, the Bible says that he that compares himself with the other is not wise, you know, um, and that's, that was Paul, you know, he says that comparing yourself to each other, you know, you're not wise. So um, I always tell people, don't compare, run the race that is set before you. And if you're faithful with it, you know, God will bless you. And, and the thing about that is that, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to say, well, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. So you have to be good. You have to be faithful and you have to be a servant right? And faithfulness is a key element in everything that we're doing. Faithfulness requires patience. Faithfulness means that you have to be focused on the tasks that he has given to you. And in due season, you will reap if you faint not. That, that is so good because people don't, people don't, understand. I love how you talk about faithfulness. Yeah. It's like faithfulness is like a, a lost term nowadays. It's like, if yeah. I don't like it, I'm just going to pick up myself and go to another place. If I don't like it, I'm going to pick up myself mm-hmm. and go to, to another place. Yeah. Yeah. But people don't realize like if you keep picking up, you don't have enough time to have deep roots where God That's is. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So anything you want to add before we get to the next question? That was powerful. It's a blessing. So the next question is, I, I really like this question. God thinks it's gonna help a lot of people. <laughs> How mm-hmm. can a person ensure that they don't fall back into the same thing they just got mm-hmm. out of? The Come same on. thing that they just prayed out of, the same thing they just fasted their way out of it. How do they ensure they don't fall back into it? The way that you ensure that you don't fall back into it. So I'll say um, just a few things here. You know, the Bible says that as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. Right. You know, you have to understand that you, have, you need to surround yourself with the right people. OK. Um, you know, aside from prayer, obviously staying connected to God, praying, you know, um, you have to surround yourself with the right friends. The Bible says that be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good morals. There is nowhere in the Bible where darkness overcomes light except for when it comes to associations. That's the only place in the Bible wow, where darkness good. always overcomes light. That's it's so who you are associated with. So you have to be careful. Do not be in league with the enemy. The Bible says that how can Christ be in league with Belial? All right. Or how can light be in league with darkness? Right. So you have to understand that as a believer, you know, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. All right. Have friends who are sharpen you and even friends who are Christians. You need to have friends who are on fire because there are many people who say they're Christians in the church, but they're not on the same level. Do you see what I'm saying? You know, I I mean, as I grow deeper <clears throat> in my faith and, and go closer to the Lord, I always try to connect myself to people who are deeper or people who are at the level that I'm trying to get to. 
right? Or else you're always going to backslide or, you know, and backsliding is simple. You don't backsliding doesn't necessarily mean that you fell into the world, you know, all the time. Um, you know, that's one of it, one of the definitions of it, but it also means that you backsliding from where you used to be. That's what God told the, uh, the people in the book of Revelation, right? He said that, listen, you have fallen away from your first love. It's like, I know your works, right? You, you're doing this, you're doing this, but listen, I still have this one thing against you. You have fallen away from your first love, right? So return back to your first love. And sometimes backsliding can be as easy as just falling away from the place that God wants you to be in or the place that you were once, you know, there where you were on fire and stuff like that. So that's one aspect. Um, and then the second thing I'll say is, um, you know, do not fall back by, by not giving up your source of power. Okay, don't give up your source of power, which is your prayer life. Do not give up your source of power, which is your prayer life and spending time with God. You know, now, even as somebody's listening to this, they may say, well, you know, I, I don't even have a prayer life that, you know, well, I'll tell you, develop one, right? And, and you know, the simplest way or the easiest way to, to develop a prayer life is to look at the, the formula in uh, Mark chapter one, verse 35, where the Bible says that a great while before day, Jesus rising up went to a solitary place and prayed. So a great while before day means that you must have a time or how to develop prayer life. You must have a time, okay? It can be a great while before day, like Jesus Christ, you know, waking up early before everybody wakes up or at night or a particular time, but you must have a time, okay? The Bible says that he, he, he went to a solitary place, all right? You must have a place of prayer. So a time of prayer and a place of prayer, okay? If you're in your college dorm, all right, and you got like four roommates, in that particular dorm and you're sharing, you know, a room with maybe one of them or two of them. Listen, bro, you need to find a bathroom. You need to find a park or something. You see what I'm saying? Because you're not about to be praying on your bed. You're going to fall asleep. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So that's that. And then the third thing is prayer itself. Because sometimes what happens is that, you know, and, and I found myself in this situation too, where the Lord rebuked me before is that we go to a place, we have a time, we have a place, but then when we go to the place, instead of praying, we play. We're on Instagram. We're doing something else. You see what I'm saying? So I, I've come to the place where I even have to be intentional when I go to my place of prayer that, look, I came here to pray. I didn't come here to scroll social media or to answer WhatsApp messages. You see what I'm saying? Um, you know, even my, my wife is even reaching out to me right now. I got I to gotta tend to the honey after this. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, I came to uh, here to pray. And that's the most important thing. That is so good. I think people need to realize that the thing that got you your victory is the same thing that's going to maintain your victory. That's right. That's right. You're what happens right. is we, we, we take our foot off the gas pedal, but what mm -hmm. happens? You start slowing down. You start yeah. slowing down. And what happens when you slow down the highway? You probably won't get hit. Mm -hmm. You're going to yeah. get hit by somebody, yeah. And then what happens is like, oh, I didn't see that person coming from the back, and that's how you have blind spots. Right. And I love yeah. how you talk about community. Because your that's community right. is the one that's going to tell you about your blind spots. Like, oh, you shouldn't be doing exactly. this. Exactly. Well, you should be exactly. doing that. So exactly. I, I just yeah. love that answer. Yeah. And, you know, one thing, one, one of the things that I'll say is that, you know, as, as you mentioned, that what, what's going to keep you is the thing that got you there in the first place, right? Which, which is true in a sense that, you know, one recently the Lord has given me a revelation about Moses and his staff. You know, it's crazy how it was a staff that was used to perform miracles before Pharaoh. And it's the same staff that part of the Red Sea. Right. So when they came, think about it, when they came to the place where Moses was stuck and he didn't know what to do, God asked him, what is in your hand? The same thing that God had used to, to, to perform all these signs and wonders and to, you know, deliver him and, and to, you know, do all these wild things before Pharaoh. Right. Is the same thing that God asked him, what is in your hand? So 
God has given you a grace. He has given you an anointing. He's, he's given you a revelation or whatever it is to, to help you to come to this place. Do not give up on it, which is prayer, seeking the Lord, fasting, go to church, right? All those uh, amazing Christian habits that you should have. Wow. Wow. So good. So yeah. good. So my last question to you, our time is coming to end, but our, the it's last all good. question it's is. All good. <laughs> Just letting the wife, you know, I'm on my way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it so important for believers to overcome the enemy? It's so important for believers to overcome the enemy because you see God is counting on us, number one, and he's created us to have victory over the enemy. Okay. That is our state. That's our natural state. In fact, it's actually abnormal for the Christian to, to live a defeated life. It's abnormal. Why do I say that? Because the Bible calls Jesus Christ the example. Okay. The Bible says that he's been set as the firstborn, as the example that we're supposed to follow. Look, look at. Okay. Now, when Jesus walked this earth, there was no time of defeat except for when he hung on the cross. Okay. And even that, it wasn't defeat. It was more like God was saying, psych, I got you. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's like, you know, the, you know if, that's why the Bible says that if the princes of this world knew, they would not have crucified him, right? So, so the thing is that the, the believer must walk in victory because it brings glory to God. Yeah, your victory and your ability to overcome brings glory to God. That's why the Bible says that. Let your light so shine before men, Matthew 5, 16, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. If God is not receiving glory, it's because your light is not shining and you're not overcoming. Wow. Yeah, if God is not receiving glory on this earth, it's because the light of the church or the light from the body of Christ, us as Christians, is not shining bright enough for the world to take notice of. That's why we must have victory. That's why we have to overcome. You know, it's, you know, it's one of the things that, that, that irks me or gets me so angry, you know, especially when I was growing up as a, as a new believer was how Christians were so quick to, to try to say, you know, when they, when there was an unbeliever around or something, oh yeah, you know, I struggle with sin too. I, you know, I do this. And, you know, it's like, we, we try to downplay victory. You know, rather than tell them you can overcome, look, God helped me and you can do it too. It's not, it's not pride or self-righteousness. You, you're help. You see, stop living in a place of defeat. Stop thinking that it's okay to, to be, uh, you know, to be someone who's living in sin. Oh, you know, after all, we're all sinners. No, I don't, I don't buy that type of Christianity. I want to be on the side of victory by God's grace, you know, and, and by the grace of God, he's always going to keep us from falling as we continue to follow him. So, yeah. That's so good because we need to realize that through the death of Jesus Christ and resurrection, we have be, we have gone from sinner to right. the righteousness of God. That's right. So I That's think right. it's kind of like a fallacy. We say like we're all sinners. If you put yeah. your trust in know. Jesus, I am the righteousness of God that sins right. sometimes. I'm not mm -hmm. a sinner anymore. I'm still a righteousness no. of God, but no. I sin sometimes because I'm not perfect. You see, there's a difference between stumbling and, and sinning or living a life, life of sin. I tell people all the time that you see... The Bible says that he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Okay. In fact, there is nowhere in the scriptures where the apostles called the churches sinners. They only rebuked certain sins that were inside of the church. When people were doing certain things, then they will rebuke that. But you will see throughout the scriptures, they'll say, oh, you saints, you know, grace and peace be unto you, you know, and then they'll call them saints. I mean, saints and sinners, quite a great contrast. But in modern Christianity, we love to call ourselves sinners. That's why we keep living in sin. 
But if we start to understand that we are saints and we're not sinners, we'll see that we will now begin to walk in the, you know, we'll start, we'll start walking worthy of the calling. In fact, you'll see that, you know, I, for example, I drive to work. Okay. But it doesn't make me a driver for work. Okay. Somebody who drives for work, that's what they do. That's their lifestyle. It's the same thing with somebody who lives in sin. The fact that I stumble doesn't make me a sinner. Okay. And obviously I'm not talking about stumbling deliberately. Okay. But the fact that, you know, I messed up here, you know, you know, it's unfortunately whatever I got up really upset and I lost my cool just a little bit. It is what it is, right? That that's that I'm not a sinner. A sinner is a lifestyle. Somebody who sins, that's what they do. You see what I'm saying? And the Christian is not a sinner. The Bible says that put on the new man, which is created after Christ in true righteousness and holiness. The Bible says that he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we will become the righteousness of God. We are the righteousness of God. So I don't believe in that concept of, oh, you know, I'm a sinner. No, if you want to keep being a sinner, that's cool. I am the righteousness of God. That's how I see myself. Come on. Come on, Pastor Paul. Come on. I know yeah. I said this was the last question. I hope uh, the missus won't get mad at me. No, go ahead, go ahead. That, that popped in my head. How important mm-hmm. is our words when it comes to victory? Because yeah. I hear a lot of people saying that like, I will always be this way. I will. Mm-hmm. My, my, You're right. You know, you know, I'm never going to get out of this neighborhood. I, mm-hmm. You know, they keep putting limits. And, yeah. In other words, they keep putting word curses on themselves. You're right. So what is how important is the the way we speak when it comes to overcoming the enemy? You're right. You know, the Bible makes it clear that, you know, life and death are in the power of the tongue and they that use it shall eat the fruits thereof. Right. So we're all a product of the fruits, right, of the things that we're, we're, we're we've spoken. So we're all consuming the fruits that we've spoken, I should say. So it's so crucial that as a Christian, OK, you, you watch what you say, you see, because there's creative power in your mouth. Because you're created after God, right? You are, you are made in the image of God. And we, the Bible says that we serve a God who calls the things which are not as though they were. So you don't realize that when you say certain things, you're speaking over your life. And in fact, that's one of the revelations that the Lord has given to me, whereby now I always try to make sure I speak good things into my life. I'm always saying good things into my life. You have to speak good things into your life because you see, words, words are our in fact, anything that has a name, okay, often has a personality attached to it. Anything that has a name often has a personality attached to it. When you say, oh, you know, I'm always going to be broke. Well, you're calling the demon of broken poverty to come into your life. You're calling the person that, that personality, that demonic entity to come it's into true. your life. It's true. Because the demon of poverty was walking around. He was just going somewhere else. And then you said, oh, I'm always going to be broke. And then, oh, he said, oh, what? You're always going to be broke? All right, I'm coming into your life. I'm coming right now. Knock, knock, knock. You see what I'm saying? So we have to be mindful of the things that we say. We, we have to be careful so that we speak faith. In fact, the Bible says that do not cast away your confidence because it will bring you great reward. And the Bible says that we should continue to confess, confess, confess good things, confess you know, speak faith and speak life into our situations. So, wow, thank you so much. Any, uh, what's yeah. your last uh, encouragement and advice to people watching this or listening to this? It's a blessing, um, as, I, as I mentioned before, to be here. I pray that everything that we've said uh, will bring encouragement to people um, and direction to people. Um, and I just want to encourage you, man, to love the Lord. Love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Let God occupy the throne of your heart. Let him sit 
in the seat of your heart. Let nothing else, you know, um, occupy that space in your heart but God, and he will direct you in all that you do. Thank you so much for coming on, Pastor Paul. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on, teaching us how to, giving us practical ways to how to overcome (laughs) the enemy. But before we end episode 43 of Saturday Conversations, we want to get to know you a little bit better through a game called This or That. So there's five sections. I give you two options. I made my guesses. If I give above three, I know you pretty well, even though I never met you in person. (laughs) If I give below three, I need to hang out with you when I'm in your your city. Come on. Come on. So whenever you're ready, let me know. Okay, go ahead. All right. Uh, between the two major prophets, uh, who you pick, Isaiah or Ezekiel? Ooh. Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Why is it a tough one? Well, you know, they're, they're both deep. You know, there's a lot of revelation in both books. But uh, I say, I'll probably say Isaiah okay. because of the fact that, you know, Jesus um, quoted a lot from Isaiah. Yeah. You know, so I'll, I'll, I'll stick with that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you the type of person to sleep in or wake up early? Ooh, my wife, my wife will say I wake up early. Okay. That's what she'd say. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think you wake up early enough? Um, yeah, I don't personally, I don't think I wake up early enough. I feel like there could always, you know, I can always do better. Mm-hmm. Um, but my wife usually says, you know, I'm always up and it's true. You know, sometimes I'm up by, uh, you know, 5 a.m 6 a.m you know sometimes four it's not consistent but you know i would like to be consistently up at 4 a.m every day you know but i'll say between yeah if usually i don't try to go past six okay 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 um coffee or tea Ooh, man you got this hard these hard questions man let me see oh man i'll say coffee because i'm you know i'm an early bird Okay. Okay. Yeah. Dogs or cats? Oh, dogs for sure. <laughs> that was the easiest one. Don't, 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 don't bring me no cat. Don't do that to me. Uh, I feel bad for the cats. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for the cats. <laughs> uh, and uh, last one: basketball or soccer? Oh, basketball. Basketball. I played soccer too, but um, you know, like I said, I've become Americanized now, so you know, basketball is my thing. That's my go-to. Go Lakers, even though they're really horrible right now, but you know. Go We're not going to say nothing. <laughs> maybe, maybe we need to fast and pray for them. Uh, <laughs> maybe we need definitely. Please, if y'all can help me, please fast and pray for the Lakers. Please. Uh, that's funny. Uh, I got three out of five. So is that in between? When I'm oh, in the wow. city, I'm still going to I'm still gonna kick it with you. We're still going link. We're still going link. For sure. So sure. I thought you would pick T, and I thought you'd pick soccer. But oh, wow. <laughs> it is what it is. So good. good. <laughs> this has been a pleasure, Pastor Paul. Um, before we end, do you mind praying for us? Yes, let me pray. Father, I thank you so much for such a wonderful time. I thank you for this amazing podcast with Edward. I pray that let the words which have come forth, Heavenly Father, fall on good ground in the name of Jesus, that it'll bear fruit. I pray that let everybody that is listening receive encouragement, let them receive direction. May they be stared up in their faith in the name of Jesus to rise up and to live for you and to go along for you. I pray for their destiny that may their destinies be preserved. I silence every voice of the enemy that is condemning them and I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I thank you also for Edward's life. I pray that continue to give him more influence, continue to use him mightily in the name of Jesus, continue to open many, many doors with this podcast. Let your blessing be upon it and may he reach and win many souls for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 
Amen. So let me pray for you. Then we just end the episode. All right. Thank you. Yes, uh, please. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your son. We thank you for how you're using yes, him God. mighty for your kingdom. We ask you, Lord, that you continue to strengthen him. Um, we we yes, pray God. for his wife and his newborn. We ask you that you bless them, that you strengthen them, that you cause your face to shine upon them. And in my name of Jesus Christ, we pray that you will continue to raise up this family to dismantle the oh, yes. darkness in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Jesus the way you have blessed um, blessed this family with this um, child, we ask you, Lord, that there be many to come in the mighty name jesus christ that they will be an army for your kingdom in my name jesus christ we pray for the churches that your son has planted through your grace we ask you that your anointing your favor will be upon these churches in the mighty name of jesus christ and i pray that the next thing you have placed on pastor paul's heart that you will that you allow it to come to fruition in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, that you lead them in all truth. And I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that goodness and mercy shall follow this family all the days of their lives, and they will dwell in your house forever and ever. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. My goodness. God bless you. Thank you so much for that. Not a problem. So thank y'all for listening to episode 43 of Saturday Conversations. Pastor Paul, where can people find you? Yes. So uh, feel free to go on my, you know, uh, Instagram, uh, Paul Kanadu. My last name is K-O-N-A-D-U. So Paul Kanadu, I'll say that again, that's K-O-N-A-D-U. So you can find me on there. Um, uh, also Facebook, Paul Kanadu. I need to definitely do a lot with my Facebook though. I've been, you know, I've been leaving them hanging, <laughs> but Instagram is where I'm, I'm active a lot on, um, you know, so Paul Kanadu. You can also find my podcast. Okay. It's called The Impact with uh, Paul Kanadu. And that is, uh, you know, you can find it on all platforms where, you know, there's a podcast. I, I, I have a few teachings on there about the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues and different things like that, um, which will be a blessing to many people, especially in today, to, today's generation and activating you in, in spiritual warfare. Um, so, yeah, so my podcast, you can find, find it on Spotify, Apple uh, podcast or, or Anchor. And then um, my website, www.paulcanado.com. You can, you know, go ahead and uh, partner with us, uh, you know, with our ministry. It'll be great to have you pray about it. Um, and the Lord will touch your heart and join us so that we can win souls for the kingdom. And, um, yeah, you can go ahead and uh, check it out as well. And then you can meet my wife also on there. So, yeah. That's awesome. Blessing. Thank you. I don't know how this slipped my mind. I w- I'm going to have to have you back on for part two because a-, a great way to overcome <laughs> the enemy is praying in tongues. I have to, right. I, I have to, right. I, I, oh, I, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Trust right, me. Come on, part two. Teaching, <laughs> a whole teaching on that. In fact, you know, I'm probably going to post a clip uh, soon here, probably on Instagram um, and, and maybe on my YouTube as well, um, is, you know, which is um, you pretty much going through, explaining very short and briefly, uh, the, you know, giving people a proper understanding of 1 Corinthians 14. Because sometimes, you know, people read it out of context and they feel like it means we shouldn't pray in tongues. But Paul clearly ends it with do not forbid speaking in tongues. You know, that's the actually the conclusion of the matter. So speaking in tongues is, is very real. Everybody can pray in tongues if they desire, you know, and uh, yeah, possible, man. Yeah, it's because, you know, people don't know the difference between, you know, speaking in tongues with interpretation mm-hmm. and praying in tongues. And, you know, exactly. They, they don't know. Yeah, they for don't like another two hours. And we go. Which, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, so you're right. You're right. So thank you, Pastor Paul, for coming on. I'll put Pastor Paul's information in the description box below. Once again, thank you. Thank you. Thank, you, thank you to your lovely wife for allowing yes, her thank to. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you to her for allowing us to borrow you for That's this right. That's time, right. right. So I'm so glad to meet you. you. I'm so glad to uh, call you a brother. I'm excited Amen. for what God's doing in your That's life. Right. And, Let's um, keep in touch. 
Uh, for sure, for sure. We're, we're friends on uh, Instagram, so we keep in touch. That's right. right. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Everyone, join the conversation in the comment section below. Tell us what part of the conversation stood out to you. Don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell if you're watching on YouTube. And if you listen on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast, um, follow, hit the notification bell, and give us five stars for this wonderful conversation I just had with Pastor Paul. New conversations right. come out every Saturday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you have any prayer requests, put in the comment section below. We love you. God bless you. And I'll see you next time.